to a Plains and Abroad with Ray Franklin. How are you doing? We're here this episode as we usually work our way through the culture of life in the United States. I'm speaking tonight about, I'm recording this at night, I'm speaking tonight about a subject uh, that's very interesting to me, and hopefully interesting to you. So uh, the subject is hero, and that is what I want to talk about this evening, so welcome. So I'm a big fan of, you know, growing up in a Gen Xer in the 1980s, we had cartoons, you know, uh, we had Saturday morning cartoons, we had after school cartoons, we had Sunday morning cartoons. And with these cartoons, they all had uh, different messages, different things, some were stuff left over from the 70s, and Hanna-Barbera cartoons, from even the 60s, you know, the Galactic Trio, uh, Fantastic Four, other Hanna-Barbera cartoons, you know, Space Ghost, and, and things like that. Then there was uh, other cartoons as well, the newer ones that came out. There was Jim, and there's G.I. Joe, and there's the Transformers, so... Transformers were very popular in the mid 80s. They were huge. They came out, they debuted in 1984. And I should know, being a fanboy, I have a shirt, <laughs> two shirts with 1984 on them, the Optimus Prime, because that was the year of my birthday uh, that I got. Uh, I went to uh, Montgomery Ward. You remember that chain? I know it's no longer around, but I went to Montgomery Ward in Altamont Springs on 436. And, uh, and uh, in the same vicinity, the same plaza was still there. And I went there. And at Montgomery Ward, uh, I got the uh, Optimus Prime. The only reason I chose him because he was the biggest of the Transformers they had there on the shelf. The brand new toy. And it's Optimus Prime. That was my birthday gift. And I, I really, really appreciated my grandmother for buying it for me. And I had no idea the Transformers were going to take off the way they did. And, had a whole bunch of transforms, but Optimus Prime was a hero to me. He was, he was a, uh, you know, my equivalent to John Wayne for people who are baby boomers or the Vietnam generation. Uh, he he was that guy that set the tone for what a hero should be. You know, he was sacrificial. He gave. He was tough. He was spared. He was, he was really cool. Optimus Prime. So you have heroes like growing up, but then there was another show. You know, uh, called Robotech. And Robotech was different. It was based on Japan, Japanese animation, uh, anime. It took three animes and put them together. Uh, one was Macross. The other one was Super Dimensional Fortress, Southern Cross. No, Super Dimensional, Super Dimensional Fortress, Macross, excuse me. The other one was Southern Cross. The last one was Genesis Climber, Masopeda. So they took those three shows, threw them together, boom, you got Robotech. And they tied them all in with the element called Protoculture and took three unrelated shows and made it to one great show. So Robotech definitely is a, is a great show. I mean, there's no room about it. It still has a lot of fans to this day, uh, 35 years later, because it uh, debuted in 85. Uh, I remember watching it, because uh, it came out, I think, fall of 85 in Los Angeles on a station and so the next year 86 actually in the summer around August 86 is uh, when they discovered it we had a local station in uh, Central Florida they on a Saturday uh, did a four hour block uh, two hour block four, epi- uh, four episodes of a Robotech in place of a Saturday afternoon movie and I, got, I became hooked and said it comes on Mondays now it's such time in the morning 
and I became hooked on it, and I just was amazed at how great a show it was. And I, you know, I said, "Girl, there was school and all these things." I went to see the episode. Days I didn't have school, and I would ah, stay up. I could watch Robotech. You know, I can stay home and watch Robotech. I don't have to go to school today. So I, it was really, it was really cool. I really enjoyed Robotech. I really did. It was a great show. But uh, they had heroes on there. One of my heroes was a guy named Roy Volker. And, uh, and back in the 80s cartoons, people didn't die in the cartoons. Like now, characters die, characters come. But back in then, characters never died on the cartoons. Characters were always around. The main characters never died. They always fought. They always survived. G.I. Joe, remember, they were known for the parachutes. Where they would jump out of the parachutes. And, and they never would die. And... Uh, so I was shocked. Roy Foker got killed. I was like, Roy's dead? And I was just stunned watching that episode. Like, what do you mean he's dead? And I was a kid. I, you know, I was, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade. So I knew sort of, you know, knew what death was, you know. But for a character on a kid's show and a kid's cartoon to kill over dead, you were like, what? And I was like, there's no way Roy's dead. And I just was stunned. I was just like, cartoon killed this guy? Oh, he's gonna come back, right? Nah, nah, he's dead. I was like, no, he's dead, dude. He's gone. And I was just shocked. And uh, then the very next episode, okay, they're not gonna kill anybody else off. You know, they can't. They kill off Ben Dixon. They kill off Ben. They kill off Ben. Ben is like, killed off when they're flying. He was with Rick. He finally gets over Roy's death. And they're trying to do something. And Ben was always just not a good pilot. And, and eventually Ben, you know, who's going to run out of time? He ran out of time. And it was sad. Ben Dixon got killed. So, so back to back episodes, Roy and Ben got killed. So you're like, okay, this cartoon is just, it's just, you just don't know what's going to happen next. It was just off the chain. And it, was, it was a weird cartoon and things that happened. You know how the cartoons, they always saved the Earth. Like, we saved Earth. They failed to save the Earth. got destroyed in this cartoon. So the Earth got destroyed, and, and it was just nuts, and it was just really weird. And there's this love triangle between Rick, Lisa, and Min May, and it was always, you know, the woman you should be with that is sensible and your dream girl and dream woman, and Min May, and she's a celebrity, she's a singer, she, she matures. She really does. The show, in a very, in the macro session, in a very, very short time, matures Min Min May very rapidly. She goes from being just a knockout cute kid to celebrity singing woman so you see that a lot with pop stars you know you see that with Ariana Grande with Britney Spears you know uh Beyonce Knowles you see that with, with a lot of times with female pop stars stars as a cute kid and end up becoming a strong woman and then later in their career Carrie Underwood uh, so it, it just happens you know just when you get older chance you saw that transformation with men they actually did a real really good job with it so I actually like that part of it, but it, it, it was cool. I didn't like Chiron. I think Chiron was too comical, too silly of a villain, too predictable of a villain, too stereotypical of a villain for as serious as, as uh, that show was. But yeah, it was a kid's show, so you had to have somebody that was stereotypical, over the top, loony, and just didn't make any sense. And just had the worst lines ever. It's like if you were to redo, because they've always been talked of doing a Robotech movie, and we would do that if I, when I do my podcast on villains. They have to do Chiron over. Chiron cannot be that lame and that just over the top and just really didn't fit in with anything else. And he had some good scenes early on when he got introduced. But uh, 
on Bye Bye Mars and all that stuff. But after that, he just really was, he was just really nuts after that. He just didn't make, he was just really was too over the top bad and just terrible after that. So then you have Zora Prime, of course, you know, the second generation Zora Prime and Dana Sterling. Then you have Scott Bernard and the crew and, and the new generation. And that was my least favorite one, the new generation. I just really never got into those guys. I just never did. So. But the three is the weakest, so that's my opinion. Anyway, so that's heroes. You know, you have those heroes you look up to and you look at the Rick Hunter, uh, flawed hero. You know, you don't want that because, again, there's always this notion that heroes have to be perfect, and there are no perfect heroes. Uh, you know, so heroes have flaws. Some have tons of flaws, and there's anti-heroes. And there's bad guys that everybody roots for because they think it's cool, like Darth Vader's a bad guy. Things is cool. Hannibal Lecter's a bad guy. Tony Soprano's a bad guy. Walter White, the king of anti-heroes, aka bad guys, just a totally, completely, completely evil man in a Breaking Bad. And then there's a Saul Goodman, another bad guy that everybody roots for. Guess you know, that's a good thing about the Breaking Bad universe. There was no good people in it. Everybody was bad. Everybody was bad in it, and all the bad guys. You just sort of rooted for the, this group of bad guys, knock off this group of bad guys. So that's sort of where. I think we are now Breaking Bad, really, you know, because even Sopranos, you have that. I think Sopranos was the first where you really had, didn't have any good people in Sopranos. They were all unlikable, so it was just, they were just all bad. Carmelo was bad, Tony was bad, the poor brat kids were bad. It was just, they were just, the mom was bad, Uncle Junior was bad, it was just all bad. So it was just, so you just have that, you don't have any heroes, you just have bad guys that you root for against other bad guys. So, that's that, but... Then we have real heroes on the real world, you know, not the fiction created world in the real world. Uh, they're different heroes for different reasons. Like for example, they're political heroes. You know? A lot of people, the president's their hero. President Trump is their hero. Some people, President, former President Barack Obama's their hero. And you go through, George Washington's their hero. You know, some people, Andrew Jackson's their hero. Some people, you know, Martin Luther King's their hero. Malcolm X was their hero. Lyndon Johnson's their hero. Eisenhower's their hero. You know, Eisenhower, you know, won election because he was a war hero. He won World War II, and everybody remember. Julian Eisenhower leading the Allied forces in, in Europe and Julian Eisenhower winning World War II in Europe and he became a great hero. Jim MacArthur. When I grew up you know, with uh, you know my grandparents. Jim MacArthur was a was a hero. We talked about MacArthur being the hero. Never talked about Patton. But we talked about MacArthur a lot growing up at my grandmother's house. So at times we would talk about history because he was the hero to them. He was. They were the World War II generation. He was the hero. MacArthur was, period. End of story. Just was it was it was really weird growing up in America back then because you don't have military heroes now, and uh, I think that's a blessing of being a part of Generation X is you still in your young age have seen this transition from what America used to be when we had military heroes, where the heroes were primarily military heroes, to now when the heroes are just scattered everywhere. So it's just like we have people like oh like somebody told me Kim Kardashian was a hero one time like how. How was she your hero? What did she do to become your hero? She's cool. Okay, she's cool. All right, Kim Kardashian's cool. She's a you know, successful person because she's cool, right? Yeah. What did she do? Um, uh, uh, and that's it. So, but again, that person, Kim Kardashian, is their hero. Kim Kardashian is not John Mac- uh, uh, General MacArthur. General MacArthur, I shall return. World War II in the Pacific. Errors in Korea. But he's more remembered for what? The 
literally the victory in the Pacific that he was the era's imperial. That's where it goes. That's where it goes. I say I return, he returns. So people remember. People remember. So I, I don't know. And then and then now you have to have people that different heroes. Like I, when I went to Auburn, there was a huge strong Central Florida was not as Confederate as all Alabama. Alabama was a huge Confederacy place. So a lot of people were telling me that General Lee was their hero. Like, Robert Lee's your hero? Like, yeah, why is he your hero? He let the South they lost. I don't know, but he is a gentleman, no villain. And it's just really just the myth of the lost cause was to turn villains into heroes. And it's kind of weird when we talk about that because I read a book on... Uh, Start reading a book on the, the Balkan Wars that happened and history of all the problems in the Balkans. And uh, some one of the books wrote that the Balkans was the primitive part of the brain of Europe. And in the Balkans, with all the conflicts they've had over the, the centuries, uh, they talk about the exact same thing: how one side, the losing side, would turn their hero, you know, turn their guys into heroes. And winning side would would overlook their atrocities. And, say they were a noble act. So you, you see that in the civil wars in the Balkans, and that's what happened with our civil war. You know, the side that lost couldn't admit that, hey, we were fighting to oppress black people and to destroy this nation. If we had succeeded, it would have been a horrible thing. This nation wouldn't be the nation that it is today if we had succeeded. So no one can sit there and say they're fighting for nobility, for land, for country, for all these things. And, but when it comes down to it, you read their original documents, you read their thoughts, and read their diaries, and read their paperwork, and find out they were fighting to preserve slavery, preserve violence against blacks and black Americans, which they didn't consider human. So you just see a different aspect. And it's kind of hard for someone to look and say, look, my hero is a villain. So, and that's happened to me, for example. My hero growing up was Ronald Reagan. I grew up in the Reagan era. Reagan was outstanding. You know, I, my first presidential election, I remember, was 84. And Reagan destroyed Walter Mondale. Reagan won 49 out of 50 states. He won every state but Minnesota. And the election was over literally, I remember, like, 9.30 at night. And it was like, Reagan's won. Call it a day. And Reagan even won California, which is now you, you tell people that you know, Republican won 49 out of 50 states and won California and Massachusetts and and uh, all these other, you know, New York and, you know, and all these other, you know, the West Coast, you know, he won California, you know, he won Washington State and Oregon. They'd be like, what? A Republican won all those states? Yeah, Republican won 49 out of 50 states. And uh, and it, it really, uh, it blew me away to see Reagan just in a massive landslide against Walter Mondale, so... And Reagan was my hero growing up, so I, I really, you know, I'm a Republican, so Reagan was it for me. But then I started doing history research, and there's a lot of things that Reagan did that, you know, were right, that I liked, and things that he did that were wrong. And you start looking at uh, some of the seriousness of the Iran-Contra scandal, some of the response to the AIDS crisis, and uh, you start looking at those things, and you're like, okay, you're my hero. That's lost. Then, uh, you know, you read about, uh, you know, maybe possibly early onset Alzheimer's, possibly uh, how toward the end of his presidency, a lot of people felt Nancy was running the country and that, you know, allegedly he was, you know, out. Uh, he would spend all day watching reruns of old shows 
the White House. Well, it appeared that Nancy was no running thing. So it, it was sad, you know, to see that and people to say that about him. But he he really really you know had his upside and had his downside. And, and that both of those things you have to take together. So, okay, is this guy still my hero or not? Like, he's still my hero, but now I see him more historically accurate. And that's what we have to do with our heroes. We have to be willing to look at the facts about them. And, and why was this person a hero? Because he was your granddaddy's hero, or your dad's hero, or your mom's hero, or grandma's hero, or, or is he the society hero? But And the same thing with Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King, of course, growing up in the South, Martin Luther King definitely is a hero. And to this day, but when he was alive, a lot of people hated him. A lot of people thought he was too soft and they wanted more militancy against a lot of the racism we experienced. A lot of people didn't feel that he was, you know, even before he was killed in 1968, April of 68, a lot of people felt he was waning in influence, that he wasn't starting to lose his, you know, the impact and power that he had in the fifth, late in the mid, in the mid 50s to the, you know, early 60s. And a lot of people felt that it, his way of doing things and way of seeing things had moved on. And a lot of people were turned off because he spoke out, out against the Vietnam War. That's That was it between him and LBJ, that when uh, he spoke out against the Vietnam War, that was it between him and LBJ. LBJ was like, I'm done with it. So uh, that really, you know, again, people were so against him. There were rumors of he committed rampant adultery, he was orgies and all kinds of crazy stuff. And just like, was any of this true? And I read uh, biographies where allegedly this stuff was, some of the stuff was true. And that LBJ covered it up because LBJ didn't want to harm the movement. So even if you watch the movie Malcolm X by Spike Lee, there's a line with the gentleman who uh, was in the movie Eight Men Out. is a uh, FBI agent monitoring uh, Malcolm X played by Denzel Washington. And he's eavesdropping on a call between Denzel and, and, and uh, his wife. Not Denzel, but Malcolm and his wife. And uh, and he says, this guy's a monk compared to King. So it was just even Spike Lee taking a little shot at you know, Martin Luther King. And then Alva Stone wanted to do a real biography of Martin Luther King, showing the good side and then maybe showing some of the adultery. And I think you have to. I think if you do a, a real biography of Martin Luther King, you have to bring those things up. But he's still my hero. Yeah, he is. Is he still the man? Yeah, he still is. But you got to know that he had his good side. He had his bad side. And you have to bring that in for your heroes. You got to tell the truth about your heroes. That's kind of hard. And nobody wants to do that. And then some people give up their heroes. Like some people, that person was a hero to me until I found out something they did wrong and that was it. And that's what happens. Like this person was my hero, but then I found out they did this and that was that. And that's what happens. You know, you lose heroes because you find out atrocities, things they did or and it just turns you off. So we gain heroes, we lose heroes. Other people become heroes every day. Uh, well, that's what it is. Some people also, they, they themselves are heroes. Some people, law enforcement are heroes, first responders and firemen, uh, definitely right here in COVID season, the, the hospital staffs, the nurses who are in the techs and the doctors who are saving people's lives by the thousands and just working around the clock and insane amount of hours. And the pharmaceutical companies, and, uh, 3M, the, the companies manufacturing uh, personal protection equipment, PPE, they are heroes. You know, the food people, the truck drivers who kept the food going during the craziness, the, the, the Charmin and White Cloud and all these company companies that kept manufacturing toilet paper and paper towels and 
Paper towels are still in short supply around here. You can find them, but man, they're not abundant. The toilet paper is finally back to normal, but I tell you, toilet paper and, and paper towel shortages and just the craziness of rubbing alcohol. You can't even find rubbing alcohol. You can find sanitizers, but I'm not sanitizers everywhere. So uh, it just seems that these things happen over and over and over again. And, and, it, and, it, and it turns out that we have heroes everywhere. That stress brings heroes, pressure brings heroes. And some people rise for the moment, and some people sink below it. So, for me, am I a hero? Some people would say that. In my real job, some people would say that I am. Some people say I'm not. So my kids may think, "Hey, you're my hero, Dad." Or you know, you don't know. You don't know. My thing is just do good. And when you can do good, when you have the power to do good, do good. When you have the power to do something great, do something great. And when you have the power to make things better in someone's life, that's all you have to do. Foster parents are heroes. Uh, Meals on Wheels are heroes. People I've seen at the Salvation Army hand out meals are heroes. Uh, people who do good for their neighbors without any return, there's a hero. So, and to me, I'm a Christian. That's only one perfect hero. That's Jesus Christ. As a Christian, that's it. That's the only perfect hero in the Bible. All the heroes are flawed. David, chase women. They all chase women pretty much in the Old Testament. It was just, uh, you know, so uh, the only person that didn't chase women in the Old Testament. Uh, Joseph, Joseph you know, ran away from a woman, you know. Joseph was a solid, solid person in the Old Testament. Daniel was pretty solid. Jeremiah was solid. Uh, Isaiah, you know, my man Ezekiel, uh, pretty solid. So, but again, they were flawed. Paul was flawed. Peter was flawed. Everybody outside of Christ is God. You know, Christ, God, is folk, he says in Vikings. Uh, flawed, you know, but outside of God. So literally outside of God, there are no, perfect, there are no heroes without flaws. So, uh rest of us we all have flaws so uh, Christ Father the Son the Holy Spirit no flaws the rest of us flawed heroes that's true so that's true so uh in heroes you know and also you know like Genghis Khan natural hero Mongolia why he's a terrible person brutal monster a vile rapist or just a, a a prolific serial rapist just a disgusting vile man and his empire and everything has been Mongolia is not a power anymore. So, what does all what does it mean? I mean, again, heroes, villains, country heroes, natural heroes. Who cares? You know, it's about what do you do? You remember, like Stalin, he wasn't a hero. Some people thought he was a hero because he made Russia strong, but tens of millions of people are dead because of him. he wasn't a hero. He was a villain. He terrified everybody. So my thing is this: as I end up with heroes. Do good. Do good whoever you can. Do good without expecting any reward or anything coming back towards you. That's how you be a hero. Pay attention. Help somebody that can't help you. That's what heroes do. We have heroes in our military now. As we've always had. They're doing great things now. There are heroes in our community now. Might be you. One day I might be talking about you, how you're my hero. I used to listen to your podcast, a plane's been abroad, and plane's been abroad. Like, yep. And now you're my hero because you did something good. So do something good, be a hero. And remember when you look at your heroes historically, whether they're fictional like my man Rick Hunter, or whether they will, like Martin Luther King or even Ronald Reagan or even President Obama, or President Obama, they all got flaws. 
Just embrace them and learn.